from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. What a change we've seen in the price of oil this fall. Since the beginning of October, oil prices have fallen by $89 a barrel and gasoline prices have dropped $1.94 a gallon. A decline this rapid is unprecedented, and it has come at a good time, really, for American consumers who were paying around $4 a gallon this summer. It's also good for our ailing economy. Dr. David Kreutzer, Senior Policy Analyst for Energy Economics and Climate Change at the Heritage Foundation, is on the phone with us today to talk about the impact of lower oil prices on the economy, on consumers, and on energy policy. Welcome, David. Well, thanks for having me. Glad that you could join us today. Uh, You recently wrote a paper about oil prices and their effect on consumers. Based on your research, how were consumers affected by the high gasoline prices this summer? Well, this is one of those economic things that's easy for people to understand. They're hurt by higher gasoline prices. Um, The average household uses about uh, 600 uh, gallons per car. They have 1.9 cars. So we estimate that that $1 increase in gasoline prices from summer of 2007 to summer of 2008 probably hit the consumers at about $1,000 or $1,100 for that year. Well, that's a significant expenditure for an awful lot of families. It sure is. Now, your paper also addressed the overall impact of higher oil prices on the economy overall. Can you tell us how higher prices affect gasoline demand, producer prices, and perhaps employment? How does all that work? Yeah, the um, the higher prices uh, are caused because demand worldwide had been growing uh, faster than supply. And so what we see is that the spare capacity, which is the, the world's buffer that they have in between demand and supply, had dropped to below probably a million barrels a day. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's usually in the three to five million barrel per day range. And when we get down to those very tight spare capacities, the only way a, a, a new car owner in China can get the fuel is if price goes up high enough to get somebody somewhere else in the world to quit driving. Uh, And you have to have a really high price increase to get people to quit driving. Well, one of the points you also made in your paper is that very slight changes in oil supply can lead to very large changes in price. Can you explain that? Yes. Again, people are are relatively insensitive to price changes, as I just explained. You know, how high does it have to go to get somebody to get out of their car? So when you have this slight increase in consumption uh, in the rest of the world, uh, the, the prices are very sensitive to those changes in supply and demand. The jargon we use in economics is we talk about low elasticities of demand. And the estimates are that we would get about a 20 to 1 uh, response for a 1% change in, in quantity. So if supply or demand changed by 1%, we're going to get a 20% change in price. Has that worked on the downside here as well? Does that help to explain why oil prices have fallen so rapidly? I think that's exactly what has happened. Uh, People didn't believe that it was supply and demand when the price went up. We saw the economies for a variety of reasons worldwide have softened, and the prices have dropped at least as dramatically. You know, nobody likes price spikes, and we learned that certainly this summer. So what do you think the United States should do to protect consumers against price spikes? Would it make sense perhaps to increase supply? Uh, of course it would. Um, and what, what we really need for the for the spikes is to have more spare capacity. And the only way you're going to get that is when worldwide we ha- increase production. And the U.S. can, can really help. Uh, we, we have places, the Outer Continental Shelf, 
the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, where there are billions of barrels of petroleum that we know we can extract. Uh, and just getting, say, one million barrels a day more, which is not trivial, but very much uh, within reason, um, could lower the price in those very tight markets by $20 per barrel maybe. It could... Um, it could increase the, the employment by 100,000 100, or more. So there, there are all sorts of good reasons why we want to expand our production. And one of just one of them is to prevent price spikes. But your research runs completely counter to some of the statements that were made on Capitol Hill this fall about domestic oil production. As you might recall, some of our lawmakers have stated that drilling offshore would only reduce the price by about two cents a gallon over a period of years. How do you respond to that? I think they're wrong. Um, it, it does depend on the market conditions into which you introduce this new production. So if we were to add a million barrels a day right now, it wouldn't have the same price impact that it would have had in July. But most people think that the current conditions are not long-run conditions. We're going to see markets tighten up. Another big problem that they have, that people making those estimates of a couple of cents per gallon, uh, assume that out of the total outer continental shelf, we could only get 300,000 barrels per day, and that would be in decades from now. Um, there is one production platform in the Gulf of Mexico that's about to come online. It's called Thunder Horse, and it's slated to produce about 250,000 barrels a day just by itself. The thought that the whole rest of the Outer Continental Shelf and ANWR could produce nothing more than that just seems ludicrous to me. Well, that's a good point, and I know that there's another platform called Blind Faith that started pumping oil just yesterday. So there, there is some, some very good news on the horizon when it comes to, to uh, increased supplies. Let's talk a moment about the trade deficit. If we were to expand offshore production beyond where it is today, what would be the impact on the deficit? Okay, first, I'm not one that worries a lot about the trade deficit, but I think it's stupid to import oil at 100 or $140 a barrel if we can produce it domestically for 40 to $60 a barrel. But let's look at what would happen. Um, if we could produce 1 million barrels a day more than we're currently producing, that's 365 million barrels per year, and if it's just to choose a round number of $100 per barrel, that's $36.5 billion per year, and that would reduce our trade deficit. It would send less money to unfriendly regimes, put more money in our own pockets, and we would be producing something domestically at a lower cost than that at which we're importing it. That always makes sense. And we'd be investing dollars in the United States, and I'm presuming that that would indeed have a big impact on jobs. Yes, right. We, we, we uh, speculate that, uh, not speculate, we estimated uh, with our model that an additional million barrels per day production in the U.S. would increase employment by 128,000 jobs. Very significant number. Well, then how do you respond to the claim that the United States doesn't even have enough oil, though, that's remaining in the ground to make investments like that even worthwhile? Um, I think that's a, a, a silly uh, thought. <laughs> we have, uh, just with the Using the old technology, the estimates of the amount of oil in the outer continental shelf are about 20 billion barrels in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, 10 billion barrels. And the, the oil at the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge is about 75 miles from the uh, pipeline, uh, the, Arctic um, the Alaska Pipeline. Now, the Alaska Pipeline is 800 miles long, was built in two years. So to go another 75 miles shouldn't take decades. And that 10 billion barrels that we have in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, and there may well be a lot more than that. That 10 billion barrels is enough fuel to fill up the tanks of the cars for 7.4 million households 
for five decades, for 50 years. And that's assuming that cars don't get any more efficient. Now, 7.4 million households, there are only two states that have more than that. That would be Texas and California. So you get to pick any other state, say we can provide fuel for that state, for those households in that state for 50 years. That's not a trivial amount. I don't care how you spin it. But are you saying that this means we could actually drill our way out of our current energy problems? Well, certainly we can't drill our way out of all of energy problems. Well, you know, the, the, the oil goes primarily to transportation, so it's not going to have much of an impact on our electricity prices. But it's silly to say that increasing supply will not help. Certainly it will help. And, then, and in tight markets like we had this summer, uh, if we'd had another million barrels a day, we, we would see prices down by uh, $20 per barrel probably. That's our estimate. Listen, David, I really appreciate your help today. It's been very interesting listening to your research. So thank you so much for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.